Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me. By the way, rain is forecasted for Sunday. What's that mean? Well, we know what it means for Paul. What about the team? Seems to be the perfect time to get the run game going and stop the run, or at least limit Christian McCaffrey, a player Vance Joseph called key to beating the Panthers. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 597, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. Good news, Paul. As a real-time check, there's a 40% chance of rain in the forecast for Sunday. This changes hourly, but there is good news. Not for the players. We, The players can handle it. The coaches can handle it. But we are worried about one Paul Calvisi who will have to brave the elements like he's done so many times before on Sunday. Well, I've learned, uh, do not bring the reporter's notebook up. Don't bring it. I've ruined many a notebook in Seattle over the years. Uh, can't do it. Uh, but you know what? We still have time here, Gree. Uh, I have a few calls in, Pauly Park Avenue, to Raj. Uh, you know, I, I emceed about a year ago or so uh, the commissioner's little dealio here in Phoenix. He actually called me Pauly Pigskin at one time. And uh, I'll you, have to hear that. Um, here's the thing. Um, he hasn't returned my calls this week, so uh, we'll see how this goes. But uh, it's a later kickoff in Carolina. So you know what? Be ready. Okay. Because there's two kinds of people in this world. Those who hit the snooze button and those who do not. Cliff Kingsbury uh, notoriously does not hit the snooze button, not even once at 3.30 in the morning. I mean, that's just, that's uncalled for is what it is. Okay. But this team, there's no excuse for a slow start because it's a late kickoff. So you come out and forget all the snooze button crap or anything. Just come out and bring it from the get-go. 105 kickoff Arizona time, but to your point, 405 in Carolina. And of course, pregame coverage begins at 8.30 on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. But you mentioned the snooze button and might have this offense and defense of the Arizona Cardinals in 2022 hit the snooze bar in weeks one, two, and three. Well, look, here's what the offense has done. The offense has taken what the defense has given them. Okay, here's the problem. The defenses are playing these soft shell, too high safety coverages, and they're more than happy to let the Cardinals take everything underneath and force the Cardinals into sustaining crazy drives right 16 17 19 plays in a single game Sean McVay after the game said yeah that was our philosophy let him snap it one more time and whether you force him into an error whether the Cardinals commit an unforced error like in tennis they hit it into the net okay that you know what they're just gonna volley these teams are gonna volley with the Cardinals and see if they can actually get it into the end zone obviously they didn't against the LA Rams Now, this Carolina team is much different on both sides of the ball than the Rams. In terms of their defensive philosophy, they're aggressive, 
But they don't have to bring the blitz because they have excellent corners. They're deep in the secondary. They also are athletic enough to go sideline to sideline. I tell you, this Jeremy Chin guy, a poor man's Isaiah Simmons, who went in round two of the same draft that Isaiah Simmons was selected, You know, keep an eye on him in this game. He, he is something to watch. He is everything that I hope Isaiah Simmons grows into. And he's really an example of a guy who can play all over a defense and have that athleticism, not really be a traditional anything, just sort of be a tweener, but really excel. You know, Shaq Thompson is a big-time defender. A lot of guys have a lot of respect for him. You know, this Carolina defense... I think just getting a vibe took the Cardinals offense a little bit by surprise last year. A little bit. And so there's no excuse this year. You you got to come out this year and you got to be ready to go both sides of the ball. Both teams one and two and the Panthers have not played well. Although defensively they have ever since Matt Rule has been there. Third year and the numbers are startling. The Panthers are 10 and 0 when they allow 16 or fewer points in a game. Mm. 1 and 25 when teams score 17 or more. So the magic number on Sunday is you get that 17-point mark. Obviously, you would expect this offense to score more, but it is a defense that looks very good. It did last week in beating the Saints at home 22-14, to ending a nine-game losing streak. So you know they're feeling better about themselves. But this defense of the Panthers, do we see for the Cardinals to attack it because perhaps of the weather? More of either Kyler Murray running. How about James Conner or a Darrell Williams or an Eno Benjamin just to get that get that run game going and they have not been able to, talking about the Cardinals, in the first three weeks? I don't expect it. I really don't in terms of Kyler and the run game. And I know all the stats that are out there. That if Kyler runs it four times or less, the Cardinals have yet to win a game. Correct. And what is the one? They're 3-18-1 when he runs it a half dozen times or less. And I get it. But guess what? I don't think he wants it. He doesn't want the design run. He doesn't want the Lamar Jackson type of offense. He's not going to just go ahead schoolhouse to the right and are off tackle it's that's not Kyla Murray he's much more comfortable when he runs it doing it in an organic fashion sort of like he did against the Raiders so if it happens I'll be surprised I don't think it's sitting there on the play sheet for Cliff Kingsbury at least I don't expect him to call it and it may, if he does call it maybe the quarterback's checking out of it because as Kyler has made known over the last week he has free reign quote end quote about what to run in this offense that deep shot to Hollywood Brown against the Rams just missed, and Kyler said he let it go just a little bit too early. That was something that Kyler checked into, according to Hollywood Brown. So what exactly are the Cardinals going to do on offense this week? Um, you know, That remains to be seen. I'll say this much. If everybody is as game-ready and has a game face like Rondale Moore had this week, then they'll be good to go because Rondale Moore spent about a minute 20 <laughs> – and he got about 120 questions, and he wasn't really interested in answering any of them. So if guys are intent about game day as Rondale Moore was, and they're able to target him downfield, that's really the key is can they get a downfield passing attack going? Can they get some of these explosives that the Rams had, the chunk plays? Obviously, that has been a drought of epic proportions to start this season for the Cardinals offense. We haven't seen it. Maybe it has been a part of the game plan, but according to Cliff, they just haven't been able to get deep into that game plan because they've had, one, slow starts, and two, fallen behind. And when you fall behind, that entire playbook is not open and available to you as a play caller because you're looking to get into the end zone a lot 
quicker and maybe several times. This team has not been able to do that. But if you can get a lead and then all of a sudden showcase a James Conner because so far through three games, 30 carries, only 13 last week against the Rams, and you'd expect that, expect more from a James Conner. Daryl Williams has looked great when given the opportunity, but not a lot of rushing attempts so far this season because they've had to throw the ball because they've trailed. And if it's a wet track, and they have field turf now, so you would think the drainage is going to be a lot better and the condition of the turf and the traction will be a lot better than they had if they had a natural grass field that had been rained on for the last 72 hours straight, which is what Hurricane Ian pretty much brought to that entire region of the country. So if the field turf is pretty good to go and you have pretty good footing but still things might be a little sloppy or it's a wet ball then maybe the Cardinals are forced into a more of a run focused offense maybe that ends up being a beneficial thing if if that's their true you know only real option at times because of the weather I'll say this much when I look at the Rams and I look at the Raiders the Cardinals definitely have a more stout offensive line when you look at Carolina Cardinals have a better offensive line Now, they haven't been able to show it yet for whatever reason. The fact they haven't scored a point in the first quarter, the fact they haven't led a game in regulation through three games of this season, Uh, if you listen to Cliff Kingsbury and a lot of the players, it's eliminated more than half the play sheet. So if you listen to them, do we have a true read on the identity of this Cardinals offense yet? No, not yet. And so I think we're all eager to see, can the Cardinals get a lead? And really try and run the offense that they expected to run when this season began. Because so far, other than those two quarters against the Raiders in the second half, honestly, September is the new August, Craig Grillo. <laughs> that's, that's my new mantra from Calvisi Consulting. September is the new August. The Cardinals have really eased into this season and sort of bided some of their time. And, you know, what you can argue... You can argue as to whether it's a good strategy or not. Uh, We'll see. We only saw the true intensity come out in that second half against the Raiders, and then you saw how the Cardinals performed on both sides of the ball. Kelvin Beecham stood in front of his locker earlier this week and when asked about the offense and perhaps the weather and said, yeah, we we want all games to be on the backs of us, meaning let's move forward as opposed to move back as far as in pass protection. They want to showcase their ability, whether it's Kyler running or James Conner or Eno or Daryl Williams. They want to be able to force their will on the opponent, and I don't think they've been able to do that just yet. 58 pass attempts last week certainly showed they have not been able to do that, but you look at this Panthers defense. Derek Brown, who was selected a pick ahead of Isaiah Simmons. Two passes defense, had his first career interception last week. Brian Burns leads the team with two sacks. So this is a defense that is very solid under Matt Rule, and oh, by the way, Paul, this little nugget for you when you walk out into the field oh at boy. Bank of America Stadium, Here we go. make sure you make a beeline for Steve Wilkes, defensive pass game coordinator for the Panthers, Al Holcomb, defensive run game coordinator for wow. the Panthers. As everyone that is listening here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, immediately just had 2018 flashbacks. Yeah. Look, both really good men uh, hosted Steve Wilkes' TV show the entirety of that season. I, I can't say enough about the person, the man that is Steve Wilkes. Obviously, things did not work out in that single year where he was head coach of the Cardinals for a whole variety of reasons. But yeah, after the game, I'm going to look for both those guys. I, I really am. And, and at least shake their hand and, and, and thank them for the professionalism they showed throughout the entirety of that season. 
Um, but you know what? This really is about the Arizona Cardinals, and I get it. The Panthers just snapped that nine-game skid. The Panthers just snapped a seven-game home losing streak. Hmm, does that <laughs> sound familiar at all? But they have talent, especially on defense. When they run out there, Dante Jackson, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn, the corners, uh, you know, Marquise Hollywood, Brown told us in the Big Red Rage, might be the best set of corners they face all season long. Whereas last week, you had Jalen Ramsey and a lot of backups. And that was one of the most disappointing things about the Rams game to me is you were never able to target those backup corners with a lot of chunk throws. They had help over the top with the safeties and that soft shell coverage, and they played that zone with the two high safeties. You never really got any of those matchups you wanted to try and test against the Rams' diminished cornerback room. And so we'll see how it plays out in this one, but there's no doubt you need that running. I heard Dan Orlovsky say this this week on on ESPN, the former quarterback. He said, you know, everybody thinks a balanced offense is 50-50 run and pass. No, balanced offense is having the threat of a run along with the threat of the pass. So it doesn't have to be necessarily equal play distribution because I know the Cardinals threw it 58 times last week, a career high for Kyler Murray. You just have to have an equal threat of the run and pass to keep a defense honest Uh, because otherwise they're able to do things and get away with things that they wouldn't otherwise if you don't have that stout run game. Cardinals looking to get back to 500, looking to snap a long losing streak in this series. They've lost their last six meetings against the Carolina Panthers, have not won in Carolina since 2008. That was a playoff game. Have not won a regular season game in Carolina since 2002. So, yes, does not matter home, road, head coach, quarterback. (laughs) Whatever reason, the Panthers have the Cardinals' numbers. But we talk about this matchup as far as you bring up Kyler Murray. Well, the Panthers, their quarterbacks over the last several years, whether it was Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, P.J. Walker. Cam Newton. He started that game. Cam Newton came in and then beat the Cardinals, and that was not good at State Farm Stadium. But this year, it's Baker Mayfield. Part three, Kyler versus Baker, part three. And the good news is... Kyler's 2-0 against his former Oklahoma teammate. And some of the stories about Kyler and Baker at Oklahoma are are becoming legendary about how competitive they were out there at everything, even like pregame, who can throw the best spiral, stuff like that. Hollywood Brown talking. We asked him, and and you can hear it if you go to uh, the Big Red Rage this week, the question was, how similar are Kyler and Baker? And Hollywood Brown had a great answer. He said, you know those Venn diagrams you used to get in math class, right, with the two circles? He said they only intersect slightly. And the only intersection would be their competitive fire. That's all they have in common. Otherwise, they're two totally different dudes. But as Hollywood Brown said, when Kyler and Hollywood were on the scout team, (laughs) Hollywood said we were killing it, our Oklahoma defense. And Baker Mayfield couldn't help but look over his shoulder pad a little bit as to, okay, look at these guys. Here's what's coming. And, And Hollywood is of the opinion that it fueled Baker Mayfield to become the best player in America, win the Heisman. And, of course, the next year, Baker won the Heisman. But so far... Uh, Kyler's 2-0, and you know how ultra, uber-competitive, pathologically competitive that Baker Mayfield is. So whether it's that dynamic, whether it's Baker against his former Texas Tech head coach who moved on to a Patrick Mahomes, and then Baker held that grudge for a number of years, Cliff Kingsbury. So there's a lot flying around. Remember, Cliff Kingsbury was not in Cleveland last year, was not there for when the Cardinals beat Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, was playing with a torn labrum. 
His non-throwing shoulder really shouldn't have been out there. And then when J.J. Watt jacked him up and he was on the turf, you never thought he'd play again the rest of the season. You can't question Baker Mayfield's toughness. Not at all. His competitive fire. Now, as for this passing game for Carolina, not good. Uh, You know They're among the worst when it comes to most of the metrics. And Baker Mayfield has the second lowest completion percentage of any starting quarterback in the NFL. You just can't let him find a rhythm here in week four against the Cardinals. Nine straight starts with a passer rating under 100. Wow. That is the second longest streak in the National Football League. Justin Fields, 13 games. But completing less than 52% of his pass attempts, nine sacks to the, your point about the offensive line. Yeah, they've played together all three games, but it is an offensive line that is suspect. Plus, Baker hangs onto the football a lot longer than most quarterbacks do, hoping to get the ball to a DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson. So I do think this is a... This is a Cardinals defense that has an opportunity to break, not when say break a lot of streaks, but just so show some things that they have not been able to do the first three weeks, and that would get one would be a consistent pass rush. No doubt about it. And once again, Carolina's offensive line is has been a liability the last few years. Now they put a first round pick at left tackle. The right tackle is up and coming. So there, there are some decent pieces, but they're still evolving and still growing. Cardinals should be able to take advantage. It's interesting that Vance Joseph cited this and doing a little research that quarterbacks are getting the ball out against the Cardinals defense among the fastest rates in the NFL. And and I'm going to guess, I'm going to surmise, that's because Vance Joseph's reputation as just being blitz happy precedes him. So teams come into games against the Cardinals defense hell-bent on getting rid of the ball quickly. So ESPN can have the pass rush win rate and have the Cardinals defense among the best in the NFL in the pass rush win rate, yet they only have two sacks to show for it, J.J. Watt. So, okay, why? How? Well, it's because quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball so quickly. Here are the numbers, to your point, and I got this maybe from a, a close personal friend. Oh, here we go. Overall, through three games, Cardinals have seen quarterbacks get the ball out on average of 2.46 seconds. That is second quickest in the National Football League, 2.46. Now, the league average is 2.7. Now, you hear that and you're like, oh, what? what's the difference? And we were talking about tens of hundreds of seconds. Well, hey, that's the difference between Zayvon Collins getting a sack or a completion downfield, and all of a sudden the offense of your opponent just got a chunk play or got a first down. So it's, it's, it, it's very minuscule, minuscule, but it does add up. When, you, when you're talking about how quickly these quarterbacks, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, they all have gotten the ball out so quick that, yeah, the Cardinals' defense is getting into the backfield. They're just not getting home. That's the difference between a Zach Allen having zero sacks right now and maybe three sacks. That's how close he has been. And I think his personal pass rush win rate is second only to Aaron Donald. Zach Allen, there was one. Sounds right. Some there was like a pro football focus or some other analytic out there, and and it really confirms what your eyes tell you. Zach Allen has been playing very well, but this Carolina offense is going to be very different, especially compared to the Rams. You know, it's none of this gimmicky sideline to sideline ultra motion mess with your eyes. No, Matt Rule is more of we're coming off the ball and we're coming downhill. So. In that regard, um, I think this Cardinals defense might be even a little better suited in terms of matchups. 
you know, you get some of the the meat on beef out there and get some, you know, that's where Zayvon Collins, for example, really should excel, right? At 260 pounds, you should be out there. So, but there's one thing, look, I talked to a, a Michael Dogby who played for Matt Rule at Temple. You know, what, what people don't give Matt Rule credit enough is, is he's a tough coach. Like, he has tough teams who are very physical. And, and so, for example, a year ago when Carolina came in and beat the Cardinals, you're like, how did that happen with P.J. Walker? Well, you know, Matt Rule put it on his defense. And he said, look, you guys got to bring a win today. And Hassan Reddick was coming back, and they were all fired up for Hassan Reddick's return a year ago. And there is no doubt that Carolina defense a year ago set the tone throughout that game. And, of course, that was Colt McCoy's only loss, and Cardinals just didn't look the same. But they lost the battle of physicality. You, you can't have that happen in Week 4 because that's how a less talented Carolina team beats the Arizona Cardinals if they're more physical. The big reason why the Panthers were able to do what they were able to do last year, one name, Christian McCaffrey. 2021, in that loss that the Cardinals suffered, McCaffrey had 161 total yards, 95 Mm. rushing, 66 receiving. Paul, he had 10 catches in that game. McCaffrey missed the game in 2020, but in 2019, he had 153 rushing yards and a touchdown, that 76-yard score. So when you talk about recently, as far as this series is concerned, it's Christian McCaffrey. One, is he healthy? And if he is, he is darn good. We've seen that so far this season. And, and what advanced Joseph say this week to the media that what they've learned playing Carolina and playing Christian McCaffrey is you have to put a skill player on McCaffrey. For example... One of the reasons they drafted Isaiah Simmons, one of the reasons they drafted Zayvon Collins, I'm convinced, is because Jordan Hicks in coverage. Jordan Hicks matching up against a Christian McCaffrey. It had been a liability. He was beat badly trying to cover a back of of that stature and that that athleticism, and you just can't do it. And so what do you do? Are you putting in a Jalen Thompson? Are you putting in a Buda Baker? Uh, but then that becomes a tell. As soon as you know Christian McCaffrey goes in motion, all of a sudden a Buda Baker or Jalen Thompson goes with them. Okay, now now the ball's going elsewhere wherever those two standout safeties vacate. You know, if if an Isaiah Simmons and nobody knows what his role is going to be, could he be a spy on a Christian McCaffrey? For example, um, is he going to get more than 16 snaps in this game? Zayvon Collins can run. We've seen him downfield. We've seen him get to the sideline and get the angle on running backs. Is he capable of running with a Christian McCaffrey in space? I don't know. That's a big ask. So, uh, But Vance Joseph said he has a plan, and there's no excuse not to have a plan because you have enough experience going against Christian McCaffrey. You know the sort of player you need in coverage against him. Vance called McCaffrey the key to what the Panthers do on offense, then added this, quote, if he's having success, it's a problem for our defense, end quote. And I'll say this, McCaffrey is banged up. Did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Limited on Friday. Dealing with a thigh issue. Officially listed as questionable. I'm convinced he's going to play. And I'm hoping, Paul, that he does play because how many times over the years have we seen that big name on the other side, whether it's the offense or the defense, missing, and everyone goes, okay, not easy win, but I feel better about this. And all of a sudden, the backup or someone else steps up, and you're like, how did you lose to that guy? How did you lose to that team? Too many times. So I do hope Christian McCaffrey is 
seen on the field and seen a lot. And all of a sudden, it's not a surprise when Deontay Foreman steps on the football field, who was very good last year with the Titans. I want to see McCaffrey out there because I do think the defense is well aware of what the plan is. And then they're maybe a little bit on their toes when they see McCaffrey on the field. The big problem with McCaffrey versus Deontay Foreman or maybe a Chuba Hubbard is just the big play, big playability, right? You know, just that elite speed that he has, the explosion, the able to finish a big like they had him contained and bottled up three years ago and Ron Rivera was the head coach and then boom he ripped off like a 70 yarder that really sealed the game that's when Kyle Allen came in as a Scottsdale guy and came back in and beat the Cardinals with the Carolina Panthers and and remember what they did defensively that year they were one of the first teams to implement that too high safety soft shell coverage keep everything underneath use some of the zone keep all eyes on Kyler do not let him run, and then, you know, we're going to give you some of those uh, quick outs and some of the underneath stuff, but can you mount a 15-play drive and stick it in the end zone? And they were one of the first teams defensively to do that. And, and guess what? The Cardinals saw that the rest of that season. And so, okay, what does that mean in this one? I'll also say this in terms of, uh, you know, the receivers, because the passing game is among the lowest rated in the league. But when you have a DJ Moore, when you have a Robbie Anderson, LaVisca Chenault, by the way, how about the Spanish radio announcer for Carolina when he took that catch and went 67 yards and he called it hasta la visca? <laughs> that was outstanding. That was really well done. Uh, not outstanding would be if he did that against the Arizona Correct. Cardinals. So, uh, and he's been banged up a little bit. But they have enough talent at receiver. They, they really do. Um, there really shouldn't be any excuse and so once again, if Baker Mayfield can find these guys, Matt Rules challenges receivers to get more separation. He said it's not only on Baker Mayfield, the low completion percentage. You know, are you open? And so I'm guessing they've sort of heard it. The, the coaches called out the receivers this week in Carolina. So I'm curious how these guys respond, especially when a Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore last week got one catch apiece in that Carolina win. And maybe that's why McCaffrey is your leading receiver in terms of catches. He's got a team high, 10 catches this season. Yeah, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson have been targeted, but to your point, Paul, is Baker Mayfield seeing those, but they're not open or they're not open enough. He's forcing the ball in, and that's why all of a sudden he's at that 52% completion percentage because he's throwing into tight windows, whereas McCaffrey in the flat or over the middle is a lot more open. He's got two or three yards of separation, but a DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and LaVisca Chenault, those are solid wide receivers that if this offense of Carolina can kind of figure it out chemistry-wise, again, I think we talk about the Cardinals' first three games in September like the first three games in August. Well, this is game three, or I should say game four, for Baker Mayfield, who didn't really have much of a training camp, let alone a preseason in this offense. So the more reps that Baker Mayfield gets, perhaps the Carolina Panthers' offense gets back in gear. And he's looked great at times, and he's looked confused at times. And the question becomes, if you're Vance Joseph, how skilled is Baker Mayfield at reading coverage? And so can we disguise coverage? Can we do different things, pre-snap, post-snap, try and confuse Baker Mayfield, and, and maybe he'll throw us one. We know his, like you cited, he loves to hang on to the ball and extend a play and look for the big play. And here's the other thing that's underrated about Baker Mayfield is that arm talent. You talk to some of the Cardinals' DBs, what they learned last year in Cleveland, and they learned it the hard way just before the half when he launched the Hail Mary. 
He's got a hell of an arm. And so the arm talent is much better than you might anticipate for a guy who's barely six feet tall. He can really sling it. And so you're thinking he's not going to fit into this window or he's not going to get it over the top of the defense. No. Baker Mayfield doesn't lack for the arm talent. So the question is, can he read your defense and go through his reads and, and find guys, you know, especially those that you're trying to take away, or you're showing one thing in post-snap, you go into something else, and okay, is he what Josh Rosen used to call buffering, sort of hung up as he's trying to decipher what he's seeing, and then that's where you hope, especially from the edges, the Cardinals can get home. You know, the Marcus Goldens and the, and the Dennis Gardex, who have been so close, but but haven't gotten there yet. Um, if Baker Mayfield is going to indeed hold, hold on to the ball, then you know what? When they say sacks come in bunches, this could be that game. You're telling that story about the Hail Mary at the end of the first half, and I remember your conversation post-game with Vance Joseph, who was the acting head coach, and he admitted on air, yeah. That's right. It was a surprise. Yeah. That's on me. I, and I'm paraphrasing here, yeah. obviously. I didn't realize he had that str- and it's 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 rare. I'll call it, I love Vance because he just tells it like it is, but to admit and it was after a win, so maybe you feel a little bit better, but yeah, we were not expecting that and he took full responsibility and the Cardinals won, so it's not a big deal, but yeah, something you have to pay attention to and you know that now this coaching staff is yeah. well aware of that potential as far as throwing the deep ball. And speaking of Vance Joseph, I I know there was some sort of ESPN story where they talked about he has the highest blitz rate per snap in the NFL, and has that been a liability? Has that been part of the downfall of the Cardinals' defense because they're not getting home? And maybe the reason that quarterbacks – well, not even maybe. you know, Cardinal, Quarterbacks against the Cardinals are getting rid of the ball so quickly. You mentioned the second quickest rate getting rid of the ball. Well, Vance Joseph's reputation has to precede him. They know he's going to bring – he's like a Todd Bowles. He's going to bring the blitz. So, okay, now – what did Drew Stanton tell you on the Red Sea Report this week? That Sean McVay is among the best in the NFL at breaking tendencies. So I'm curious, if here in week four, how hell-bent are the Cardinals coaches on breaking tendencies? What if, oh, you know what? We really don't bring the blitz too often against Baker Mayfield. We're, we're content with rushing three or four, dropping seven or eight, and maybe you, can, you want to confuse them? Flood the zone with coverage. And if he now he'll really hold on to the ball. And if you and if you have really a top three pass rush win rate, like ESPN says, you should be able to get home. I'm just curious if here in week four, if the how what the Cardinals employ in terms of a game plan, Vance Joseph, Cliff Kingsbury, and company, and whether they maybe think about breaking some of those tendencies we've seen on both sides of the ball. If you can get off the line of scrimmage quickly, if you're a Zach Allen or a J.J. Watt, the latter of whom is dealing with a calf issue and, yeah, is listed as questionable, but I do expect him to play. It just might not be a lot of snaps in terms of J.J. Watt, but if you have those two, and then the loss of Rashard Lawrence this week as far as containing the run and then yeah. helping that up-the-middle press pressure does that open up the door for a Michael Dogby or a Lecky Fotu and then to see if a Marcus Golden can get home this week he hasn't been able to and whether we see you know Dennis Gardeck or Devon Kennard or maybe Cameron Thomas someone from that outside linebacker position there are seven of them on the roster now Paul (laughs) can one of those players record a sack yeah you know maybe Isaiah Simmons off the edge Isaiah Simmons in the A or B gap when they do blitz yeah, and once again, that that is sort of the wild card. What are they going to do with number nine? You know, because when you see Tanner Vallejo and Nick Vigil and Ben Neiman out there on that field, and you don't see the former number eight pick overall, 
yes, it's going to trigger a lot of the Red Sea. There's no question about it. And there's no question he's an elite athlete with the skill set. But if the coaches can't trust him, or if he is a liability in terms of making adjustments to, to an offense on the fly, you know, if he's still in that area of a learning curve, then guess what? It can't be the boom or bust. It can't be, oh, huge play in overtime, wins the game. Huge time play his rookie year in overtime against Seattle with a pick, but then you're allowing as many big plays. The boom or bust quotient, he has to work on the bust aspect of it, I think, before he's going to get the majority of the snaps and just find a place on the field. Nobody's going to find any playing time if the coaches can't trust you. Can you make the play, not the big play, but just the play, the first down play, the second down play, that's what Isaiah Simmons has not been able to do. He is certainly making that highlight play, but it's the normal play, as I use quotation marks in the air. Those are the plays that he's struggling with. Or even the little things, the non-play, the alignment and assignment, the leverage being outside the shoulder of the tight end So you, because you have help inside. If you're messing that up, that's all a quarterback needs to identify that tight end as his primary read, and that tight end all of a sudden is in space because the defense is designed to have help over the top in the middle of the field, but now that tight end escapes to the sideline, and boom, it's a chunk play. That's the kind of stuff that they work on in practice, that if players mess it up, doesn't matter where you are drafted, doesn't matter what your contract says, Vance Joseph will put you on the sideline until you figure it out mentally. And it goes back to what we were talking about, the issue with these first three games. All it takes is one player not doing what they're assigned supposed to do, whether that's on offense, defense, and then last week with the block punt, on special teams, if everyone can do what they're supposed to do, I think it was Zach Ertz a couple of weeks ago, we either need to be all right or all wrong, meaning all 11 need to be doing something in unison in order for the play, offense or defense, to be successful. You know, I was listening to you doing the postgame show. Got out of the locker room after the Rams loss, and I'm driving home, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? I'd cut a guy just for the sake of cutting a guy, just to send a message if guys aren't doing their jobs. The effort is there, according to all the coaches and the players, but if the attention to detail isn't there, well, it's been missing for long enough that the only true way to motivate in the NFL is job security. So I'm not shocked at Deontay Thompson, who was on the fringes of the 53 and messed up, got cut. Whether it was warranted or not, I don't know. That's up to the decision makers. But it does send a message. There's no question about that. And, And you know what? We talked about this to start the week. Any hallmark of any winning team in any sport is when different guys at different times are the heroes. Different guys at different times are making plays to win a game. Uh, And then a hallmark of a losing team is when different guys at different times are taking their turn making one mistake because that's all you need. But pretty soon when all 30 guys end up making their one mistake, well, that's enough to get you beat. And seemingly that's what's been happening here over the latter half of last season and the beginning of this season. Hopefully, with the calendar turn to October, that these issues have been corrected and now the real Arizona Cardinals will stand up and pronounce themselves regular season ready here in Week 4. Again, kickoff is 1.05. 8.30 pregame coverage begins. And yes, weather is likely a factor. Let's end how we began, Paul. We know that any 
wet stuff is not good for anyone without an umbrella, which are not allowed in NFL stadiums. So I apologize about that. Hey, that wasn't my question. That was Danny Sarek. You know, I'm put, I, I take enough stuff around here and from Danny. So that's on Danny when she thought she could walk onto an NFL sideline with an umbrella. Absolutely not. But you are prepared, or at least as we speak here on Friday, time enough still to prepare. Yeah, no doubt. And look, um, you go to Carolina, you know that what you're going to get. But I'm, once again, I just think that the rivalry between Kyler and Baker, Cliff and Baker, is enough that the rest of the guys in the locker room realize what's at stake, what it means. And, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. You know, September is the new August. So now that it's going to be October on game day, boom, that's your September. And maybe you do see a regular season-ready Cardinals team, not just in spurts, but for the entirety of four quarters because nobody likes to fly cross-country and not bring your best effort. And you know what? That happened last year in Detroit. So hopefully that's a lasting memory of what that flight home felt like. And and, and again, with Matt Rule being 2-0, and there's enough storylines and an ample motivation for this Cardinals team to get to two and two. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals starting zero and two. Now they're two and two. That's all you need. What is it? There's one undefeated team left. There's a couple of winless teams. Everybody else is bunched up at one or two wins. Just win and survive. And reinforcements are coming here in a couple of weeks. The season begins Sunday. Cardinals at the Panthers. One hundred five is the kickoff. The goal: come home two and two. And the goal for Paul Calvisi, stay dry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Greg Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.